Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. So listen, guys, uh, thank you so much for all the kind messages. Oh, my God, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible thing that's happening uh, for the team at iHeart and myself and anybody associated with putting this show together. It's, uh, it's overwhelming that, that the global community of Gilmore fans has come together to, to, to download this podcast and in really, really big ways. And so thank you so much. We're, we're working hard. We're not getting any sleep, but it's worth it because we love you guys and you're sending love back. And it's, it's, 
amazing and it's fun and we want to have fun with you and engage you in uh in humorous and uh, delightful and informative ways so you deserve it you're going to get it and you're giving it back to us so thank you very 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 much so now we're going to get into listener questions let's get right into it you know you've dm'd us you have emailed us you have uh you've uh, left all kinds of comments on all kinds of platforms and we're <laughs> We're seeing every single one of them, and there's a lot of them, but uh, they're all interesting, and we love them. And let's get to the first one. And this is from Alex. Was the food real at Luke's Diner? Who ate it? Did uh, people eat the prop food? Let me tell you something. The food was real, yes, uh, but it was old. They would cook it fresh, right? And maybe on that first day that it was coming out, it may have been edible for the, maybe the first 10 minutes. But after that, it was like next day, same food, next day, same food, next day. So by episode, you know, it took us eight days to shoot one episode. But so by that fifth, sixth, seventh day, when extras would get a little bored, a little hungry sitting around, they'd bite into a burger. They'd get a rude awakening that it was cold, hard and, and not terribly fresh. Um, so those were kind of shocking and humorous moments uh, on the set. Who ate it? Yeah, it was the extras. Um, and yes, the food was real. Okay, second question from Christy. I like the podcast theme song. Oh, oh, is it Scott's music? Uh, what is the name of the song and is it available? Yes, that is a, uh, I recently, uh, during the pandemic, uh, you know, I sold my house uh, we moved into my uh, wife's parents' condo, a huge condo in Santa Monica. They were away on vacation for a long time. So we were in there. So I was writing a lot of songs in there while my new home was being remodeled. Um, and I just, you know, I was sitting in a room uh, where the songs just kept flowing and I had borrowed my producer's guitar and there were a lot of songs in that guitar and they just kept coming out. So I wrote all these songs. We went in the studio and recorded three songs. That's one of the songs. So I sent it to... Uh, I sent it to our uh, our main producer, Amy, who is with us, and and I said, "What do you think about this for the theme song?" And she and she loved it, and so we went with it. I was worried at first. I was like, "What if this sucks? What am I going to do if this sucks?" But it did not suck. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, I mean, "What am I going to tell him this song blows?" I know, I know. How many times have you ever been in that situation in your life where it's like you got to be honest with people because you love them, but you don't want to screw up your business? Uh, it's important, so. Uh, but it's a good song, yeah. So I wrote it, and uh, you know, I I changed my uh, I changed my sort of take on songwriting, and I wanted to. You know, I was listening to a lot of early Beatles, those two minute happy songs with great hooks, and I was like, really just trying to, you know, it's a pandemic. I don't want to get you know commiserate or or, or be depressing because those songs are easy to write, and uh, I just thought, oh, challenge yourself, write write happier music, write write love songs. So it was all love songs. Okay, so here's a question from Jay. Hi, Jay. Uh, was the hot coffee real in Luke's diner? Yes, but then it would cool off, like I said about the food. It would cool off, and then you'd be drinking either lukewarm or cold coffee the rest of the day. Uh, Didn't Alexis drink Coke? I think she did. I think she had, I think she I, had Coca-Cola. I, I, you know, my memories of her were uh, on the set where she was a little more, she was healthy, but um, yeah, I guess at times she probably drank Coke. Uh, we all needed something, trust me, because we were like nodding out, you know, after lunch. After lunch, if you had to shoot a scene, you were like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so how many times did you have to pour a cup of coffee for a scene? Jeez. I mean, every time in the diner. That was my go-to. 
shtick, you know, I'm pouring the coffee, pouring the coffee, pouring the coffee. It was my excuse to go to go over to the table. The, the you know, the director would say, Scott, how are you going to get over the table? We can have someone pour a cup of coffee. What do you think? Don't you watch a show? What's wrong with you? <laughs> so that's what I did. Uh, here we go. Jessica. Jessica has a question. Who came up with the idea of no phones at Luke's? Oh, oh good question. I uh, I can't take credit for that. That's that's a that's a uh, a Sherman Palladino uh, uh, move right there. So there you go. That's their their commentary on encroaching technology. And it works like a charm. And then Alessandra, when it snowed, was the snow actually real? And did it actually, what did it actually smell like? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Alessandra, it was not real. Um, they have these very sophisticated companies that come in and do snow for film and TV. And they're made of paper. They're, it's like confetti almost. It's tiny little uh, uh, squares of paper. And they rain them down. And... Uh, there's a lot of it. And they lay down these sort of white mats uh, to make it look fluffy. And then they pour that stuff from a, a giant machine on top. Uh, it's it's a much larger machine than you even realize. You walk on set and go, what the heck is that thing? Um, it looks like a, like they're putting up a huge building or something. But then they just rain little paper down on everything. It looks, it re- looks really good. Um, so that's how they do it. And it gets in your nose and it gets in your clothes and it gets everywhere and it's kind of like sand all right guys thank you for your questions awesome questions i hope you learned something um i had fun answering so keep them coming um and we're gonna get into breaking down the episode uh a little later but first we have the iconic sally struthers who is making her uh, debut appearance in episode two as babette uh the wife of maury and uh, a Lorelei neighbor and uh, gnome owner of gnomes, uh, best gnome <laughs> collection, probably in Stars Hollow, I would say. And maybe in that entire county. I don't know. Um, if anybody knows, let us know. Uh, somebody with gnome knowledge, because I certainly, you know, I'm, I'm versed in gnomes, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that can, can top me. What did you think when they told you Sally Struthers was joining the cast? I mean, I grew up on All in the Family. I mean, what a what a fantastic show! And she was, you know, she was glorious. She was, uh, she was like this this I don't know, just this bright light in television, and such a positive force, and such a funny actress, and such a great actress. And all of those, I mean, it's like almost every scene in all of the family was iconic. I mean, it's like you can't watch an episode of that and not go, "Wow, that was huge! That was huge! I remember that one! Huge, huge, huge!" Uh, it's like going to a Beach Boys concert, every song's a hit. And you're like, what is going on here? So um, <laughs> so it was Sally Struthers. And then when we met her, it was even better because, you know, you don't know what to expect from people. And she's so funny and so loving and so like everybody's mom and everybody's best friend and all the great stories and and no pretensions about her at all. Just the best person you could ever meet. And also, also joining us, uh, even though she doesn't come on uh, until season two, we don't see her uh, uh, make her first appearance until season two. Rose Abdu, the brilliant improvisational actress and comedian Rose Abdu will be joining us with Sally. So it's going to be a raucous affair. Let me tell you, it's going to be filled with laughter. 
and we'll be back with them after a quick break. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, ladies. Hi, baby. Hi, Scott. How are you? It's so good to see you guys. Oh, you my too. goodness. What is happening? What is going on, Sally? What have you been up to? Huh? Um, you, you, are you doing your theater? You're doing your musical theater? You're doing your during TV? a pandemic. 
Yeah, and I guess no, not, you can't right? gather yeah. in a theater what, for what pandemic. Have you, I have been, been I have been laid up, as they say. Oh, my God, my God, it's tough, right? I mean, you yeah. gotta, you gotta. It's been torture. But you know, thank now, God. Rose, Rose, Rose won't brag about herself, but Rose is working constantly. I know, I um, see because that. she's all the big uh, films. She's a wanted commodity. She's amazing in everything she does, and she's thank guesting you. on all I of these know. shows now. Well, if you go to Second City and get those chops, then you're going to be in demand, right? Exactly. It's going to that's like that's like an investment into your future long term. Oh, that's so nice. I I, I love yeah. it. I mean, I, I re- got really lucky and got to work on Hacks, which is a new um, HBO Max show right. that's going to start May 13th. Ah, so I'm really excited. Nice. Good for yeah. you. But everyone, I mean. How many times, Scott, do you get asked about like, are there going to be more? Like, so many people every just want day. to do every, every day, right? Day. They want a yep. Christmas movie or something, yep. just something. So I always feel like I'm disappointing everybody by going back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, is it beyond the realm of possibility? I don't know. I don't want to give people false hope. Are we starting? Did we start yet? Hey, we're going. We're rocking oh, and rolling. This good. is what it is. Okay, we're this here. is natural. We're here. We're just, we're just chopping it up. You know, we're just we're just. We're, you know, it's like it's going to be a little trip down memory lane. So, so welcome, you guys. Thank you. Do people you stalk the, you on the street, Scott? Stalk me? Stop. Uh, I mean, they might follow and hello. Not They're stop. always pleasant. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stop me. Stop me. Do, um, they, do they recognize you and stop you to talk to you? Oh, sure. Yeah, they come up. I They're very friendly. Them. I've always only had very pleasant encounters. I mean, they're do you, very do, polite. Do your, and, do your fans know that from Gilmore Girl fans? Before you were on Gilmore Girls, you were a professional baseball player. Some do, some do. This some of the guys are like, hey, you know, and I, you know, I know you. <laughs> I played with uh, Chucky, you know, do 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 do, and you know, I remember him, and you played with him. He said, you know, yeah, you're pretty good, and you know, right, you know this kind. <laughs> you know, it's all that stuff. Yeah. How old is yeah. your son now? He's uh, he's going to be seven in June. Oh wow! Yeah. Are you playing baseball with him? Nah, uh-uh. He's an artist. Wow. You should and and he's you should see his drawings. They are amazing. Wow. They, he started out a couple years ago very Basquiat kind of stuff and now he's he's a he's he's a, a into realism. So he's drawing these exact things. That's amazing at that age. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, really yeah. cool. He's not he's not a you know, it's like and and he has all the talent. I've thrown the ball with him and he wings it back at 700 miles an hour wow. and the whole deal and it's like but my thing with that is it's like, gosh, there's so much more to life. Yeah. And there's so many other skills that I know that he has. And I want to bring those out, you know, and, and allow those to f- develop and flourish. And You're a good like you papa. Start, well, it's like if you get into that sports thing, it's very limiting. And not that it doesn't have its benefits. It does. It really does. But I mean... My, my my fear is that he's like really good at it and we're going to have to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him going that route, yeah. but it, look, he'll decide. Right. I mean, if, 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 if it's meant to be, it'll be, but you know, he's a very good student. He loves to read. He loves to create. He's got a real big creative side. Did and, you know that you know, Rose is an artist? Oh yeah. I mean, she did the background for this, <laughs> this back. She did the background for the background. I she did. She painted this back. I didn't though. It's fantastic. I, I, oh, I no, I was teasing. But I'm a. I oh. sculpt miniature. I sculpt miniatures, and and uh-huh. it's been so fun this pandemic because I, I don't know. I decided to make little cars out of food, and somebody said, "Oh, do you do you do cars because you're gypsy, the auto mechanic?" And I, I was like, I never even thought of that, but I just I got obsessed <laughs> with making like tiny animals 
vehicles driving tiny cars. There you go. Hey, they, you know. And when she says tiny, she means tiny. When she finishes one of her pieces, which you can't understand, like adult fingers are just too big to be able to make this small <laughs> thing. She, she photographs it with a penny next to it so that you can yeah. see that it's, it's about the size of a penny. Right. And it's right. it's detailed and it's perfect Thanks. and it's it's Thanks. a mouse driving a piece of cheese. It's a thank you, Sally. Sally's like the perfect art agent. You're the you're a great PR person for us. <laughs> We're doing it. We're really meeting together. This is part of a town meeting. The three of us. Well, you have you have a seven year old, so I kind of know a lot about what you've been doing during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Rose has yeah. been working a lot. Um, not to be a Debbie Downer, but Rose and I both recently lost our dogs. Oh, I'm so sorry. And the, oh, that's tough. It's been pretty awful. But the only satisfaction, her dog was Monkey and my dog was Brad, is that now we know that Monkey or Brad are, are playing together in doggy heaven. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Have any thoughts about uh, getting uh, some new puppies? How do you feel about that, Sally? I wanted to ask you that. Starting over? I counted on my fingers today and I ran out of fingers, the amount of dogs that I have had in my adulthood. Wow. And, and right. uh, I have had 11. Wow. And uh, before I got Brad, I went a whole year without a dog because my first, my two before that were Scotty dogs and one was Bob and one was Bananas. And uh, Bob died of cancer and three months later, mm. Bananas drowned in my swimming pool. Oh, God. Oh, and my heart my was so broken. I was so damaged from that. I went right. first time in my adult life. I went an entire year without choosing another God's gifts. Dogs are gifts from God right. to live with. And then Absolutely. I found Brad at a, at a rescue place in New Hampshire while I was working right. in Maine. And now my heart's so broken again. I don't think I can get one right away, but I'm sure I will. What about you, yeah. Rose? I mean, I just, he was so perfect that I don't really, I, I can't imagine getting another one. It was just, they please died so tell, together too. Please tell Scott how we were working together on when the reunion, when we were making the Gilmore Girls reunions, and you and John went to the Pasadena dog shelter and found Scott, a dog. Amy, thanks, Kelly. Scott, Amy would have put Monkey in the winter in a year in the life. Like, I got right. the dog, and everyone's like, oh, how's your dog? I go, well, we had him for four hours, and he ran away. Oh, no. so every that whole time I had to stand there on my mark you were in that scene and Amy was like wrote my mind was wandering so badly because I'm like I just met this flipping dog it took me 15 years to pick out a dog and he ran away but, but I knew you back. got a dog and so I gave you a plaid collar for him because she gave me a green plaid collar the dog ran away long story short someone <laughs> found the dog we put it on Lost Paws LA the lady wasn't going to give up the dog and we go please, please, it's got a green plaid collar, a gift from Sally Struthers' godmother. She goes, I have your dog. So if Sally hadn't given me the plaid collar, they never would have found the dog. Right. Very, go. I'm going to write it in a book because it really is an amazing story. But back to our life in our town meetings, yeah. Sally turned to me, one of the first times I worked with you, Sally, and she looked at me and just, I didn't know her. I was like, oh, she's from all in the family. I love sitting next to her. Uh -huh. I can't believe yeah. this is happening. And she just I goes, know. do you want to see my dog's driver's license? And I was like, yeah, your dog has a driver's license, and she pulled out a California license with the perfect picture of Bob. It was That's so silly. It was so that silly so and silly. so silly and so <laughs> wonderful that I was like, "Yes, this is great." You still have it in your wallet? Fantastic. Bob's driver's license. There it is. Yep, there she goes. She's gonna find it. She's got it. Yep, she's got it. 
Joe. So I do want another perfect. one, but I just feel like he was so perfect. And right. It was my first dog. I was 53. I'd never had a dog before. And right. Amy, Amy actually said to me, their dog passed away right before we started filming a year in the life. And she goes, they'll right. break your heart. My husband said, they bring mm-hmm. you joy a million times. They only break your heart once. Right. So, right. Right. Well, the time will come. Yes. It'll I can't find it at the kind of moment. I can't well, find it, but it's there is a company you can write to and you send them your dog's picture yes. and your dog's height and weight and birth date. So and they mm-hmm. make a driver's license for you for whatever state you actually live in. That's so and bad. I tried using it when I got stopped by a policeman for, I don't know what I was doing, but a policeman stopped me and he said, driver's license, please. So I handed him the one with my dog on it, thinking <laughs> that laugh. it would charm him. And that would, Get it? You, you know, the two, I gotta, I gotta tell you while I have you guys, the two biggest thrills of my entire career are when I was in Carnegie Hall taking repetition with Robert Modica and he was dating Louise Lasser at the time. And I was a huge Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh, I love that show. Remember that show? What, yeah. it, that show was mind blowingly yes. great. It was just the greatest thing. And because it never should have been on television. Right. It was just, it was, it was like a, it was like theater of the absurd. It was, how did that get on network television? But it was just, she was great at it. And she was in the class and I just done a repetition exercise where I, you know, dug real deep and had a big breakthrough in the whole deal. And I was, I sat down and I was like, whew. Uh, and she turned around, Louise Lasser herself turned around and looked at me and she said, you're going to get everything you want and i have never felt so supported or blessed or validated you were you were thoroughly validated by exactly put a stamp on me and ship me out i mean it was just a wonderful moment and then the day i walked onto the set and there you were sally from All in the Family, another show that I grew up with, just like worshiping the writing and the acting. And the, uh, uh, and I got to work with you. And and the story I always tell is on my birthday. And you were so kind to do this because you knew my birthday fell on a very tragic day in our nation's history, 9-11. Uh, you would pick me up because I never celebrated it on, my, on that day because out of respect for the people who lost their lives. But um, you would pick me up. And people don't know this about Sally, but you're very, you're physically very strong. Yeah. I was shocked. And I was going about 210 at that time. And you would pick me up, throw me over your shoulder and take me around the set and say, smack him on the ass. It's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you go to every single person. They wallop me and I'd have red marks and they go, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and you I did remember this every that. Year. I remember You did that every year. I love that. Oh my God. That's so what funny. A, what, what a hoot. Sally, you're good at that. She can fireman's carry. She does the Oh, yeah. You did it with Kenny uh, Ortega, remember? And that- no, she just threw me over her shoulder. She put Kenny it on her shoulder. No, it wasn't a fireman. No, it wasn't like a fi- No, she didn't put me around her neck. She just threw me over one shoulder. And then yeah. she had a free hand to smack yeah. at will, you know, and then let others have their turn. Sally, um, you're the person to be with if there's, God forbid, a burning building because you carry, <laughs> you carry I will carry you all out. And let me tell you why. <laughs> I, I am Scottish and Scandinavian. There and bo- both of those people are built to pull the sleigh through the snow if the horse drops dead. There you yeah. go. And there you we're go. just unnaturally strong. So are you are you a, a Scottish Highlander or a Lowlander? I'd like to take the high road, but that's not any fun. <laughs> 
the low road passes cut by a couple of bars uh, and discotheque and a sketchy neighborhood. Are you Scottish? I'm a lowlander. You're Scottish. Did you know that she, that Sean Gunn and Lauren Graham are Highlanders? Did you know that? They're Scottish really? Highlanders. Yeah. If they have Scottish blood, and I think they both do, yeah. Well, my grandfather and their, and their came, tribes are still vital and alive. Wow. Yeah. My grandfather came from a town in Scotland called Motherwell. Okay. And I honestly don't know if they were Highlanders or Lowlanders. I don't know this. Right, right, right. Now, well, Scott, do you have a kilt? I I had one, but um, uh, I lost it. I think I, you I, would I, look I, quite nice in a kilt, if I may say. I, uh, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, considering uh, Milo's recent thigh flashing yes. penchant, uh, I, I could probably get away with wearing a kilt now. I, I, it it really that. gives me a lot of freedom. Yes. Athletes uh, so. usually have very nice knees. <laughs> <laughs> they have nice legs, those guys. Gilmore guys. I don't know. I don't know. So, so uh, tell me your favorite scenes the favorite days do you remember the favorite scenes and the favorite days on set any day i was with rose was my favorite day there you go there you go rose made every day fun oh thank you and you i felt the same way about you and scott i felt the same way when i just thought i'm working with sally and liz like that was my my life revolved around that night of television with all in the family and i was just i it still blows my mind that i can call her a very dear friend that because i was such a fan for so many years but we had so much fun i remember more about year in the life because of course it was more recent right but i just remember like one one day that really struck me was we i as gypsy i never got to be in the mansion but I, of course i got to play Buddha, so i got to be in the house the day that they unveiled you know the painting of of ed herman was just so enormous yeah. We all gathered in the living room in the painting. That was yeah. part of the joke of it was why is that painting so big? And everyone just looked at it and I felt like his presence was almost there. Like that, yep. that just was a day that it, it, I just remember, I remember feeling so close to the, to, you know, Lauren and, and mm-hmm. uh, Alexis and, and uh, Kelly. And it was mm-hmm. just a very emotional day that I felt well, like he's not here, but he's here, you know? It, it truly, you did feel his presence and, yeah. uh, um, you know, the scenes that I would do in the diner with Lauren or whomever, those were very intense scenes because there was so much to do in terms of blocking and yeah. and the handling of the plates and, the, the, the you know, and hitting your marks. And it was like 10-page scenes, and they would shoot the, the master over and over and over. You, you well know yeah. this. And then on the days that uh, – and so there was like – there was this intensity and there was sort of this burnout almost right. – um, where it was like, wow, this is, you know, cause acting can be hard, yeah. uh, endurance wise. And just to sort of keep that focus. But on the days that, that, that Sally and Liz were together in the diner and Rose, you were there sometimes and, and, and it was just all so much fun. It was like, thank God yeah. they're here. <laughs> cause without, we can laugh because yeah. you guys would sit around and tell those stories and, and tell jokes and just be great with everybody. And it was such a joy. One, you know, one I, day I don't know Rose, if you know that, but Rose said to me, we were sitting in our you know, actors, director chairs that had our names on them. Oh, so fancy. And <laughs> um, there were maybe four of us in the group and Rose said to me, give us a show, Sally, of what you've got in your purse. My favorite. And I don't think you knew what I had in my purse, but I think there was a lot of jaw dropping going on because my purse is filled with things to make unhappy children stop crying on airplanes. 
You have to go past all of the props and the jokes to find my wallet. Yes. <laughs> you hit everything. So I, I, proceeded, I proceeded to take the things out of my, I've got my purse. Out of my purse. And you had all kinds of stuff. Well, first of um, all, this always um, shocks the child when you when you come out to talk to them and you say, hi, <laughs> hi. And they either cry harder or they look amazed and they stop crying. And if that doesn't work, you, you put on one of your little hands and you you sneak the little hand around the edge of the seat oh. and you tap the child on the shoulder and they look and they get very quiet. I've got a pair of those. And you can, and Sally, you can you do... You you had the crossword puzzle as Babette. That was your real crossword puzzle, right? That you were working on. Yes. Yeah. And then and then always when the meal comes, you have the extendo fork because it makes it so much easier to eat off of someone else's plate. If what they have looks good, that you say, "Oh, you don't mind, do you?" If I just <laughs> take a bite. <laughs> so there's that, and then there's um, and then there's always the chicken. I love chickens, and I say, "Oh, I have a chicken." I have a chicken and and she um she's about to make me a grand grand oh 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 oh, 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 oh. oh we're pulling out all the stops here on I am all in aren't we look at this yeah. look at this yeah. You, yeah. you're not going to get this level of entertainment anywhere else <laughs> no, yeah. it's not going to happen anywhere else see this is why it was great and if, if, if the hand goes over then the foot coming around the corner of the airline seat works too and you just walk <laughs> along their tray <laughs> Allie. That, that, that's what's in my purse what rose <sighs> and we did play the game what's in sally's purse and i really do think a show about celebrity purses would really be i think there you be, go. i'd be there you I'd, go. I'd watch that haven't you wondered open. what's in queen elizabeth's of purse course. she carries that purse everywhere i want to know what's in that purse <laughs> I mean, is there a credit card that says the queen? <laughs> Probably not. And does she have Kleenex or does she actually carry a real hanky? A real hanky for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think one of my favorite scenes that I'm most proud of is we did one together, Scott, where I think just, oh, the, the fans know every single one. They know them by name. They know exactly which episode, which season. But you had to say... Right. You had to ask me if he brought a bag of money, whatever it was. It was the longest scene. And I remember right. the line, uh, guys are stupid. They strip their gears, they ride their brakes. And if they don't laugh when we make a joke, they think we're stupid. And there were 19 marks to hit. And it was, like, <laughs> we had to do it over. We did it like about 19 times. Yeah, yeah. But I'm most proud yeah. of that because when I see it, you don't see all the technical like stand here. No, you know. no. No, no, no. It's not as easy as it looks. That is for sure. Okay, guys, it's time for rapid fire. You ready? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Sally, yeah. Sally, you ready? Here's the first question. It's rapid fire. How do you take your coffee? Quick. Uh, cream and chocolate milk. Rose, how do you take your coffee? Uh, black with uh, sugar. Uh, uh, Sally, can you smell snow? I, I've never tried. Uh, Sally, are you team Logan, team Jess, or team Dean? Team Jess. Team Dean, all the way. All right. Uh, who's the daddy, Sally? Who's the daddy of Rory's baby? Of of of, of Rory's baby? Correct. Um, Prince Philip. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say P Piers Morgan, but uh, anyway. Rose? Logan. Logan is the daddy. Logan is the daddy. Uh, what's the best, Sally, what's the best memory of Gilmore Girls? Um, 
uh, running across the town square at night and it hurt my breasts. And so I held them the whole way. (laughs) That's more pleasurable than holding your own breasts. One night when all the lights, twinkling lights of Stars Hollow were on and Sally and I were in the golf cart together and we looked at each other and went, can you believe we're really doing this? Right. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Uh, Favorite Friday night dinner meal. Favorite Friday night dinner meal, Sally. On the set? Yes. Or Friday night in my home. Are you talking Gilmore Girls questions? I think this is a Gilmore, uh, uh, Emily and 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 Richard Friday night meal. What was your oh, favorite uh, Friday uh, night? Dinner? Unfortunately, Babette was never invited to the Gilmore home. Okay, what about in your in your life and in, in Sally's life? Favorite Friday night meal? Fr- fried chicken. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I'll be over Friday night. By the okay. way, uh, okay. Okay. Rose. By far the mystery meat or mystery mush that Berta made. Uh, What's the show, Sally, that you are binge watching right now? Ooh, I I binged watched uh, The Queen's Gambit. Ah. I love that. Rose. I am now binge watching Call My Agent, this French series that I'm obsessed with. I just love it. I wish to do the American version of it. Right. Okay. Cast member... You texted most recently. Oh. Rose. Sally. Rose. Sally. Rose. Sally. There you go. Boom. They're done. Thank you, <laughs> Those ladies. Are fun. That's it. That's Do you it. Do know that I don't even have anybody else's phone number? Really? I have this tourist phone number. Yeah. You have mine. I do have your and phone number, but you know, you're, you you're so young and you have a young child and I never want to bother you and have you think I'm stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> I always had a bit of a crush. You bother me. Yeah, and me, you. You know, come on. Sally just confessed her crush. Rose, I also have a crush on your husband. Why wouldn't you? He loves you so much. Okay, there. I got it out of my system. I feel better. Thank you. Oh. Oh, can I just say one of my favorite other things, Scott, was one take we did over and over again. And you went, hey, Rose, when you were supposed to say, hey, Gypsy. And it made me laugh so hard. (laughs) <laughs> you were like Gypsy Rose. I'm just thinking Gypsy Rose. Of course, it's Gypsy. I, re- I, I think I remember that. <laughs> I, I, remember that. that. <laughs> I really miss it. I mean, I would do it again. Yeah, yeah. I would do it again. They should do it again. I mean, the demand is there. Let's do like a holiday movie, so it's a one and yeah. done thing. Just the three of us. Yeah, we'll do all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can do most of them, and I'll just do my character. Let's just keep it at that. I love. I think in the first season, maybe it was the second, where my cat Cinnamon dies. Oh yeah! And every everyone comes to my house for a wake, and uh, Lorelai uh, realizes for the first time that everything in that house was built to scale for me because I'm five feet tall, and so. Just- <laughs> Everyone was hitting their heads on the overhang. And I said, well, yeah, Maury, when he first moved in, he hit himself time he had a few concussions, but he's fine now. But (laughs) I love that scene in their house. And because she had gnomes all over her yard, I have two gnomes here at my house now. Oh, there you go. Honor my days on Gilmore Girls. Did you guys lift stuff from the set? No, I I didn't. I used to take take anything. I shouldn't take anything? Nothing. I didn't lift it per se. I was, I was offered if I wanted to take any of that yarn home with the whole right. town. I, yeah, yeah. 
And I had a I had a young lady living oh. with me from Minnesota who was quite a knitter, yes, Rebecca Kalt. And so I brought her home like 30 skeins of yarn and she thought I was all that. There you go. Different strokes for different folks, but ladies. I it really was a pl- oh, go ahead. That the popularity of coffee. I read an article saying that the uprise in young people wanting coffee and revolving their mornings around coffee and everything had to do with your diner, with Luke's diner, and the, the popularity of coffee happened because Gilmore Girls was so popular. Like it, it really boosted the whole coffee. Uh, wow. The idea of like young people drinking coffee. You know, I had a couple of meetings with Warner Brothers Business Affairs about opening a bunch of diners oh wow oh those would be so popular everybody go to luke's diner for coffee everybody everybody wants that experience of having that you know corner diner yeah it it still might happen we'll see we'll see but ladies thank you so much it was a pleasure oh nice to see you thank Thank you you, sally thank you scott Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. And we're back, guys. Wasn't she fantastic? Oh my God, her purse. Like, what the? What was going what on? I can't wait till people like we put the video of that up because oh she's pulling crazy crap out of her purse. And, I, and you know they they don't know it's Ellie Struthers, probably. I mean, maybe they do, but a lot of people would on a plane. But you know, some little kid is not. I mean, she's she's coming with that crawly that that hand that that hand scratching people and grabbing their food. Oh my god. What a genius. Oh, my God. They're awesome. What a genius. The both of them, right? Oh, my God. Did you know Rose was like this, like this serious, like, uh, like she joined Second City, I think, in Chicago? Right. There's so many talented, talented, actual, like, actors. Oh, no, no. They're, they're, they're bringing, they're, they're like, you know, full on skilled, just monster actresses. I mean, just fantastic with all the, ah, uh, they can bring it. They can all bring it. So that's, that's why the show is so great. Let's get into it. Riley, will you read what episode two was all about? This is episode two, The Lorelei's First Day at Chilton, air date October 12th, 2000. Synopsis, Rory's first day at Chilton prep begins badly when Lorelei oversleeps and accompanies her daughter into the intimidating school wearing a t-shirt, cut-off jeans, and cowboy boots, an outfit which draws disapproving stares from the other mothers and from her own mother, Emily. All right, gang, so let's get into it. Lorelei's first day at Chilton. Here we go. So Scott, okay, right off the top, the Jeep. That was very prominent, the iconic Jeep. Uh-huh. Tell us about the Jeep. What do you remember about the Jeep? Did you drive the Jeep? Did the Jeep drive? Like everything about the Jeep. You know, that Jeep and I think Jeeps in general have a, a real magnetic power for some reason. But that Jeep in particular cuz it was a sort of a particular shade of 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 yellow it was kind of a lighter it was like a, a sort of a lighter mustardy color and it was just it, it, everybody gravitated to that jeep we all hung around that jeep when we were shooting at uh lorelei's set house and it was always parked in the back and everybody's like man that's a really cool jeep it wasn't like oh it's lorelei's jeep it was like that's just a cool vehicle so we're like we're doing like an ad for jeeps right now and we shouldn't be but <laughs> i was like do you ever eventually drive it i uh i did take it uh off sat and went to lunch uh with who was i with i think i was with michael winters we escaped and you know michael winters he played taylor dozy my my nemesis boy we were reprimanded oh my god <laughs> yeah the transpo and and the guy that was the head of transpo michael was the, like the greatest guy in the world just the nicest guy i mean he goes around the world on missions and that kind of things and just the most charitable generous good-hearted good-natured guy but he said scotty p scotty p you can't take that thing off the, you can't take it off the set I said, yeah, but I was just showing Michael Winters. Oh, he said, oh, go. Well, then in that case, that's fine. And I said, don't do it again. <laughs> so anyway. Um, what did yeah. you think of this episode in general? I thought it set up all the conflict for the entire series. I mean, it really set it up beautifully. I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, Emily trying to interject herself in more in Lorelai's life in inappropriate ways. But I mean, I mean, I understand it. Uh, why she was doing it. And of course you want to provide 
better clothes for her and have her fit in and, and get her a car. She don't want to ride the bus. You know, drug dealers ride the bus. What are you doing with our, our granddaughter? We don't want to ride the bus. I totally relate to that. Um, and then the Paris conflict. We, one of the great scenes is, is it, one moments in that when, when the girl that Rory hands her folder off to the girl, the girl hands it out the window and there's Paris and they start going through it. I mean, it was just like, wow. Okay. Now we, now we're in for it. Now we're in for a real ride. Uh, that that we see Tristan, you know, he calls her Mary. Uh, we, we, Michael we, Murray, right, everybody, you know, the wound immediately. Right, right, right. The striking, the striking brilliance of Chad Michael Murray. Um, and he wasn't Chad Michael Murray then. This was like one of his first jobs. No, he was, he was just Chad Michael Murray at that time. He wasn't Chad. He wasn't like Michael. One Tree Hill. No, Chad he wasn't Michael that guy yet. Uh, <laughs> but he was destined for that. We knew that. Um, you know, calling her Mary and then finding out what Mary was and Lorelai. So, so it was that legacy thing. And, it, you know, the, the, it was just all so great. And, and the way Lorelai was set up to wear cut off jeans and a tie dye shirt. And the <laughs> outfit, I laugh every time. It's just, and the, the zingers at her because of the outfit. Like, like the Emily oh, thing. Oh, like, so you, you tie yeah, up your horse? Yeah, do you need a ride or is your horse Is your horse outside? tied up outside? <laughs> and then she says, no spurs for Friday night dinner. No spurs. I will say, I think moms are rocking tie-dye shirts and cut-off jean shorts to drop off their kids at school nowadays. I feel like that's totally normal. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, yeah, yeah looks about right. But not at Chilton. Not in Connecticut. Right. Not at those places. No, and no, then no, I no, did no. love the flirty dad scene, you know, when yeah. the... The yeah. kind of hot divorce dad right. is flirting. Right. That was really cute. And you kind of start to see. It's like, oh, what, what, right. Single what, mom. Right. What's the effect on, on, on the person that you're asking out when you hand them the car and say, well, I'll be in China for a week. And uh, why don't you give me a call? <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. And it's like, oh, man. You know, trying so hard. That, Do you remember anything about that guy, Nick Chinlin? Uh, well, I don't work with him, but I know he's a, a really good working actor. You know, he works a lot. He works in yeah. movies. He was in uh, he was in that Denzel Washington movie. He's really he's a versatile actor. Yeah. Um, we had a, you know, I think all of the best actors that were available or all the best actors that were working then um, did our show. They yeah, because John Billingsley was the teacher. Right. So you, right. You, there, everyone was sort of somebody everybody yeah or they they were well established character actors or there were stars to be or you know up and coming people i mean look at the people that that did that show it's like a who's who mm-hmm. um it's amazing so um but yeah so the conflict and then the conflict between uh luke and lorelei was set up i i didn't realize it was set up that early i didn't either i couldn't believe we see right. the flirting between yes. them and even at the end, when Lorelai says to Rory, do you think Luke is cute? Right. And she's like, oh, my God, you can't date Luke. We right. won't be able to right. turn him off to go to Al's right. Pancake World or whatever. But right. you, I didn't realize it's in episode two. It would be Lorelai and Al or Al and Lorelai. It's like, <laughs> what? So, but yeah, the stairs. And did you, well, you're not, you can't go out with them. You're not, you know, writing, writing up his ticket, writing the bill. You can't, you can't, you can't. You're not going to do that. You can't do that. But I mean, that, that, see, that stuff is hard to play because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to tip your mitt. You don't want to give everything away, but it's hard not to because it's like, you know, that's the scene. 
Um, but it's like, yeah, you know, and you, is there really good direction there? Like, oh, are yeah, they yeah. really helping but I mean, you? you? But I, but everybody knows in that situation, you got to throw it away. You just have to throw the line away because it's already, the writing's already done everything for you. You don't have to work so hard. Right. And that's well, you know what I didn't, I didn't remember that after Lorelai and Rory at the very end of the episode, talk about, do you think Luke's cute? You come, it's like you saw them. Right. And you come out of the diner right. and you're sort of right. in the doorway. <laughs> I mean, it's so much foreshadowing of like what we're in for for the next years. I was being stalked. <laughs> it was a role reversal. It's a, it's, it's, it's a flipping the flipping it around. You were a little stocky going out the door to see if they were coming. No, I was not stocky. I definitely got the vibe that you saw them and you were kind of, oh. But, okay, so that's the choice (laughs) that you have to make, right? You know, you saw them. But you could make another choice in that situation. It felt, the flirty flirt felt mutual between them, even though it was so subtle. It's like, whoa, Uh what? are we in for? Yeah. You got to just lean. You just got to ease way back on that stuff where it just comes off badly. It's hard. It's, it's hard to play, but it's fun. Those moments are fun. I wanted to know about the town. So we see a lot of, we're seeing a lot of the town mm-hmm. in this episode, right? Cause they're driving around and they're mm-hmm. walking around. The town is amazing. And so is Chilton, by the way, where was Chilton? Chilton is out by uh, Hartford, isn't it? I mean, it's 20 minutes away. Well, no, away. but in, uh, when you shot it, is it on the same lot? Or do they oh. have to go somewhere for the shoot? <laughs> um, it is in Hartford. I, I was never Hartford. there. I think the exterior was, yeah, somewhere in L.A. But uh, um, So not on the Warner Brothers lot with the rest of Stars Hollow. The exterior shots? I don't, yeah. be- I don't believe, no, I don't believe Chilton was an exterior. But interior, sure. You know, on the back lot. Yeah. They, you right, know, they, right, they, right. they built out the entire back lot of Warner Brothers. It was ours. It was ours. So and that, that was a stunning, me... that was the stunning thing when we, when we came on for episode one and we're like, well, where's our little area of the studio? Oh, well, you've got stage 12, you've got stage 14, you've got stage 16. And the entire back lot of Warner Brothers has been recreated to look like Stars Hollow. And we're all looking at you like, whoa. What? So, you know, at Disneyland <laughs> on Main Street, there's like little hidden secrets. Like if you know, you know, like yeah. there's names in the windows. Yeah. Is there anything in Stars Hollow that like you guys hid or you guys did that we wouldn't see as a first time viewer? But if you tell us, then we would notice it. I think, well, you know, maybe. Okay, here's this is really great. We actually we were shooting. I don't know. This is season two or three or four. I, I can't remember, but um, you know, the ER set was right off to our right. Mm. If you were facing the rest of the lot and you were facing Barham, if you if you looked off to your right behind Luke Steiner, little caddy corner of Luke Steiner was the was the ER set, and it was just kind of this small little thing. You know, such a big show, but this, but then they started shooting Batman back there, and late at night they would do the the Batmobile. And we actually had more power than a Batman movie to say, guys, we're shooting over here. You need to chill with the loud Batman car. So we'll be done in a little bit. And then you could, and they would go, oh, sorry. You know, so, you know, we kind of felt our oats a little bit. <laughs> and then oh we go God. take pictures with the Batman car. 
Wait, which Batman was it? Batman Begins. Is that Bale? Is that Christian Bale? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. He's like the greatest actor. And you're oh. telling him to just keep his Batmobile quiet. I, no, I didn't. I didn't personally do it. No, we were disturbed by it. Yes, collectively as, as a cast and crew. And somebody from the crew went over and like waved a finger and said, hey, you know, you guys, I, I don't know. It was like, you guys weren't supposed to start and we're, we're finishing and chill. I didn't personally go over and confront Christian Bale in his bat suit and my, with my with my flannel. I'm saying, listen, pal, you know, you may have got a big break when you were seven years old by Steven Spielberg, but I really fought for this. You know, so quiet down. I did, that didn't happen. Uh-huh. You know what else we learned in this episode right from the start is what Rory wants to be, that she talks about wanting to be a journalist, a right. reporter, right. like Christiane Amanpour. Right. We get, I didn't realize we learned that right from the start, and that stays throughout, too. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that second episode, it just sets into motion everything. It, 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 you know, you enter that new world, and and all of the potential and, and all of the pitfalls that she's bound to, uh, traps that are being set up for her and falling into. I mean, it's just great writing. You know, you set that stuff up for the actors and and you set up the conflict and you set up the comedy. And and that's the thing about. So here's the thing. I am sure that Amy, that happened to Amy where she went to a meeting and she didn't have any clothes and she had to wear something goofy and, you know, and or somebody told her a story. But, but it all comes from real life, I am sure, because that's how they respond. That's why the writing feels so alive and so real and that's why i think people because they all they've all been in those situations so it's it's entirely relatable and it's like people aren't just laughing at the comedy they should be on on the screen but they're laughing at themselves because they remember the moments that happened to them so it's so it's so it's extraordinary in that way so speaking of the dry cleaning did anyone notice in the scene where lorelei now has her dry cleaning and she goes into the house and her mom's calling the creepy, creepy, creepy clown pillow. Oh my God. <laughs> no, no. You guys, we have to put it on the Instagram. It's in the background of that scene. Carrying the, oh my God, it is the creepiest clown pillow. Well, what does it look like? What does it look like? We will put it on the Instagram because right, right. it was, nobody noticed that. No. Oh, no. I could have, I was like, oh my God, what is that? I mean, you're looking at Lorelai and cut off jeans. Why are you looking at the pillow? <laughs> you know, from my perspective. The house is quirky, like inside her house. Whoever de- designed the set, yeah. can you remember who did all that? Like, there's so much detail in each thing, like in their house, um, at the inn, yeah. like every little detail. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, it was a crew of people. They didn't mess around. You know, they they got the top people, you know? And, and those, see, those are the things that... Those little details, as you know, are really, really important and captivating. Even if you don't notice it. Right, like the alarm didn't purr. The alarm didn't purr. Like who would think to have the furry alarm? The writers. That's writing. That's in the script. It's all in that clown pillow and that fur thing. That's in the script. (laughs) It's there. Oh, my God. See? (laughs) There it is. So we're looking at the clown pillow now. Look at that thing. It's it's it like you know it like that yeah, right right it. right right it's it it's it oh, no. oh my god wow and that was on the, the couch clown huh? looks disappointed too wow. yeah it, it was on a chair behind the couch in this episode I think that the maker of that that pillow uh, gets huge residual checks 
from the oh show. Just bought an island somewhere recently. We also meet Jackson for the first time in this episode, which I didn't remember he, that Jackson shows up this soon. Yeah, he does. Jackson, yeah. played by Jackson. So Jackson, Jackson was yeah. played by Jackson Douglas, who at the time was married to Alex Borstein. Correct. The harp Drella. Drella, yes. Correct. Who's now what do you going- remember about all that? Um, you know, just that he was a terrific comedic actor. He he was just this, you know, big bear of a guy who was everybody's friend and just, you know, very gregarious, very open. Uh, um, and I always loved, I always loved, we, we actually did more scenes than I realized together. Um, and it was always great working with him. Fun guy. Um, you know, he's since moved to Spain. He's in, I, th- I believe he's in Spain now. He took, I think he took the kids to Spain. Um, and wants to introduce him to that culture. So isn't that interesting? So um, we'd, I'd love to get him on the show, talk about his experiences over there and what that's like, you know, uh, and, and living there. So, um, but yeah, no, he was, he was just a, he was just a good guy to hang out with. Nice, nice kind of mellow guy, but you know, always happy and, you know, good dude to have on the set. Yeah. And Kirk is in this episode, uh, but he's not Kirk. He's Mick. He's Mick, installing- yeah. The yeah. DSL, yeah, right? Emily sent him over to install the DSL. He's 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 bounced. I don't know why they call. Why did they change his name? I mean, Kirk is such a better name uh, than Mick. But uh, is I I don't know the story behind that. But you know, Sean Gunn, um, who I mean, I I just think he's one of the most. I mean. You know, the good thing about doing a podcast is you get to have all these people on the show, right? And they were all unsung and they're so underrated and nobody knows. And I, I think the people appreciate them. The fans appreciate them, but they're so skilled and they never got any recognition. And Sean Gunn is one of the great uh, physical comedians uh, that you will, uh, that you will see working today. The things that he can do other than what he was, and he was great as Kirk. I mean, there was just... But there's a physicality with him. There's a very specific physicality in everything he does. So technically, you know, from a, from a, kind of a wonky actor's perspective, just brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. So anyway, let's get him on the show. We got to get him on the show. Um, all right, we're going to be right back. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Okay, gang, we're back, and I think uh, I think Danielle has a few items for us. Danielle, yes, I feel like we missed two things from the episode, and we must cover them. So the first thing that was groundbreaking for me um, was obviously Chad Michael Murray, but. Um, there's a point where he calls Rory Mary and mm-hmm. I was like, her name is Rory. Why does he keep <laughs> Mary? And then they finally like explained it. Right. But for like a second there, I was like so lost. And I'm like, why does he keep calling her Mary? But I, 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 I did, I did refer to it, uh, early in the segment, but I, I kind of ran, ran through it. Um, yeah. So how Chad- did you not get that? How did you not get it? I got it right away. I didn't get it either. What, get the Mary thing? Mm-hmm. I had no, no, I, had, I, didn't I had no idea either. <laughs> I had no idea either. How did you know? Did you go to private school? Because they're so young and school? they're so young and innocent. No, I just figured it out right away. Why is this like cool, popular guy calling her this sweet little thing Mary? Obviously. Really? Maybe I just know mean kids. I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea what he's talking about. Okay, to me, it was it, it was like, you know, like the rich kids looking down on the newbie and I'm going to call you Mary because I feel like calling you Mary and I don't care what your name is kind of thing. But Oh, so the Virgin Mary, like the little no, innocent I, I, girl, you guys. I, yeah, no, I mean, I, mean I thought he was just bad with names. 
Oh my God. Right? It was like the attitude. It was more the attitude. Um, I didn't get that. Okay. So the next thing, which you, we kind of brushed over to, but um, Rory's conflict with Paris, the fact that she dropped her school project gave me a heart attack. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh my God, why did she do that? Um, And then Paris was like trying to be all cool. I don't know why, because if I was Paris, I would have ratted out Rory and was like, this chick dropped my project. But he was like, she told the teacher that she just didn't have it. And I was like, what is happening? Like, why would she do that? Why would she cover? But that happened. See, for me, and that's great drama and comedy. You know, it's great dramedy right there. But it happened all so quickly. And you could have you could have dragged that stuff out for a whole season, building that relationship up and building that conflict. All of a sudden, you had Paris make that, you know, the move that you don't make where you show your cards. And she got up in her face and said, you know, I'm going to make your life living hell. Because she was answering all the questions before, raising her hand and answering all the questions before Paris had a chance to. Um, and I don't think it was a misstep. I'm not criticizing, you know, uh, it, but it's just like, my God, it was just like, so in your face right away that the breaks her project answers the question. Paris is just like, you see that Paris is not a cool customer. (laughs) She just got overheated real fast. And it's like Rory won the war right away, but it was like, how's this going to play out? So it was, we're, we're left as an audience to see what kind of power and how devious can 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 Paris get? And she. You know, I think the show doesn't beat around the bush. It doesn't it's like beat around you the bush. Except it right away. Right, right. Without, except for Luke and Lorelai. Right, exactly. <laughs> Paris is going to be like fun to watch throughout the season. Like oh, yeah. I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Oh God, yeah, I know. And when we did, uh, I mean, that was. My God, you know, the Paris days were always great. And fi- and filming, you know, that Paris scene that I, you know, uh, in, in Year in the Life, which I, I've gone on record and say I didn't like how it, it it made Luke look. But you can't deny the the great, the, the, the funny scene and, and the great acting from Liza Wheel in, in, the, in the Year in the Life as the uh, um, fertility expert. <laughs> um, very, very funny stuff. Um, and she really delivered um okay guys what do we have so the first pop culture reference we have lorelei's getting out of the jeep in her cut off shorts and she says no i look like that chick from the dukes of hazard <laughs> Catherine bach <laughs> totally oh, yeah. did that did you guys remember dukes of hazard or only the older people <laughs> i remember you know, like jessica simpson <laughs> i know the jessica simpson dukes of hazard yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah, that's yeah. so weird i remember both actually both. me too and that was a classic line yeah classic. The next pop culture reference we have, Rory's talking to the headmaster, and when he asks her what she wants to do, she refers to Christiane Amapour. The headmaster says, not Oprah, Rosie, or one of the women from The View. Uh, Yeah, they talk about Christiane Amapour, Cokie Roberts, Oprah, Rosie, The View. Right. Yeah, because at the time, Christiane Amapour was becoming this, you know, superstar journalist um, on CNN. And Cokie Roberts was like legit. She was, she was, yeah. Cokie Roberts was like number one at that time too. You know, they were both up there. Sure. So did the view start? When did the view, how long has the view been around? Yeah. The view premiered a couple years before that, 1997. All right. Wow. And I think it is still the number one uh, daytime talk show. Right. Right. Yeah. So that like Oprah obviously works as well today as it did then. I mean, 
Rosie, did, do you guys know that that's Rosie O'Donnell? And at the time, she had a big talk show. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, I know the name of Rosie, but I didn't know it was Rosie. And why O'Donnell. did why did she leave? She was on the View. Why did she leave the View? Well, before the View, she had her own talk. She had her shows. own. Yeah, with the Rosie O'Donnell. Then show. she was on the View, and then there was that big drama with Elizabeth Hasselbeck. That was why they all with with Rosie big, with Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Oh my God. What it's was worth the, What was the drama? It was like. Uh, there was some sort of incident where Rosie didn't defend Elizabeth and then they got into this argument and then they double boxed them. So they like put up Rosie and put up Elizabeth. So because they sat at opposite ends of the table, it was super dramatic. Like this is, and the, then, this is what happens to people that ask for too much money when they renegotiate. <laughs> We're going to do this. No, they you. had like a real, <laughs> they really went at it over something. Really? So it, was legit. it wasn't just like, let's get rid of them. Oh. This is how we're doing it. No, this was legit. And oh, then I yeah. think Rosie, I don't want to say it wrong, but I think she almost kind of had had it. And then she left the view and Elizabeth stayed. I don't remember exactly the details, right. but the view reference definitely works. Definitely. Lorelai's talking about her outfit and her crazy morning. And she says, I was supposed to look together and fabulous and not like I've been up all night playing quarters. <laughs> which i very much understood you know quarters the drinking you know college drinking game <laughs> yeah i don't know what quarters is i don't, know. I don't even know what you're talking about yeah. at the inn lorelei's trying to talk on the phone and drella's playing on her harp lorelei says drella take it down and drella responds hey do i look like i have panasonic stamped on my ass <laughs> that was funny I mean, that character, man, the potential for that character. And they eliminated the character, you know? Was that just because Alex couldn't do it? Yeah. Because she was too busy? Oh, God. You know, that character and, you know, Alex doing that character of Drella would have been as iconic as anything on that show, even if she just had one scene an episode because it was so funny. It was so... And we were concerned when we found out she couldn't get out of her contract. That was the first time we were all like, oh, no. No, that's like, oh, that's a that's a big hit we just took there because, man, that girl was going to provide a ton of comedy. And how are we going to replace that? And then Melissa McCarthy happened. So there, boom, there you go. <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> well, I love she was going going ham on the harp and then she goes, I'm done. And then just stops and walks right, away. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Lorelai walks by Miss Patty's and Miss Patty is telling her students, walk smooth. That's the new Harry Potter on your heads. If they should drop, Harry will die and there won't be any more books. Wow. <laughs> it was solid because it still totally works. Yeah. And it probably scared the crap out of those kids. Yeah, that's old school, right? There was a good Dixie Chicks reference too. Oh, really? Which one? Yeah, where was that? It was uh, when, the, maybe when, they, a, when they were called. Didn't they change their name a bunch of times? They're the chicks now, but they definitely mentioned Dixie yeah. Chicks in the episode Dixie and something Chicks. about... That Lorelai Gilmore was a stripper name? Who said that? <laughs> I don't know. Who said that? My God, I just watched this episode three times, and it's like, any, that's any? the thing. There's The scripts are so dense. You can yeah, just yeah. rewatch right, it and rewatch right. it and rewatch it. All right, so so somebody in the audience needs to send us the answer to that question. Yeah, where did they say Dixie Chicks where in the episode? Where did they say Dixie Chicks, and where was the... Before we go, should everyone say their favorite line? Go ahead. Uh, I... 
even though I do love the end when we realize she has a crush on Luke, my favorite was when the flirty dad guy says, is your husband here? I'd love to meet him. Not married. I'd love to meet your wife. Divorced. And then she says, shame. <laughs> it's just so fast, but it's so, <laughs> you're like, oh my God. <laughs> God, who's uh, my, next? Who's next? Mine was when Lorelai was talking to Rory about her first day and she says, do you want me to talk to anyone, a parent, a teacher, a big guy named Moose? Mine's <laughs> <laughs> also from Lorelai. And it's my clothes are at the cleaners and I had the fuzzy clock and it didn't purr on time. <laughs> uh-huh. There you go. There you go. What about you, uh, Scott? Yeah, I, I have to go with the Emily line. Uh, did, you, did you drive or is your horse tied up on site? I mean, you, I mean, that is just like, oh, man. No spurs. See you for Friday night dinner. Just just brilliant. Just, I mean, (laughs) Kelly Bishop at her finest. It's just, man, unbelievable. You know, she's doing a, she's doing a new series. She's, uh, she's doing the Halston thing. Oh, no way. With Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And the trailer is fantastic. It's really fantastic. Um, Yeah. Kelly's in that. I think she plays. Yeah. She's so important in Gilmore world. Yeah. She is because with she is such the there's just so much because of her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know they wanted to call it. I think they, I think the studio wanted to call it the, the Gilmore Way or something like that. And I think Amy fought for Gilmore Girls. They didn't want to call it Gilmore Girls. They wanted they wanted a broader title title. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Gilmore Girls is good. Yeah, they made the right call pretty I think much they did. everything. I, I think they could have called it the, you know, you know, anything. They could have called it the cable or, or they could have <laughs> called it the piano cade. It would have still would have been a great show. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap it up. Episode two. What a what a gas. What a gas. Um listen, send us your comments. We we love getting feedback we want to you know implement great ideas uh things that you want to see and you want to hear us talk about and see us talk about um so we're completely open to that um this is a, a highly interactive fan engagement type of podcast so we're open to all your ideas so um and your criticisms we can take it <laughs> yeah we can take it we're you know we're we're all a little long in the tooth here except for like these two but but amy and i are you know, we're, we're, we're tough. We're tough. We can take it. We can take yeah, it. I'm not like saying you guys I'll aren't cry tough, like a little bit. But we're going to protect you. We're going to protect you. All right. So, um, but we, we, we do read your comments. We do appreciate all of the feedback. And, um, you know, 99% of it, 0.9, is, is over the moon. And, and there, there are some great comments we're getting. And they're, they're, they're helping shape the show a little bit. So keep them coming. All right, gang. That's it. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, episode two and episode three. Um, listen. Uh, you're going to be very happy about our episode three guest. You DM'd us to death about this guest. Uh, and we have asked this guest and this guest has agreed to come on. So you're going to be very happy about it. Um, and, and we'll get into episode three. Kill me now. Uh, so this is Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast. Thanks for downloading. Much, much love to everybody. Bye.
everybody. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, scottyp.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, scottyp.com. Grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts